Is this thing on? Word. <laughs> this is the Rookie Sports Report, hosted by Matthew Frizzell. Four runs off the Detroit Tigers, who are the 10th worst in all of baseball. And Logan Weber. But this man was swallowed whole by a whale. Presented by 96.9, 99.9, and AM 1060, ESPN, the jock. Everybody love everybody! Come on! Nothing like starting a podcast and opening a can of some radical skedaddle bang here on the Rookie Sports Report podcast. There's no way. There's no way that they go with that as their name of that drink. There's no way. Well, what what else are you going to name it? Because it tastes just like liquid Skittles. I don't know. Something that doesn't sound like it comes from every children's cartoon ever. I guess so. Oh, man. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Rookie Sports Report podcast. Matthew is all alongside the now upset Logan Weber about the name of my energy drink. <laughs> that I it's just a weird name, dude. Like radical skedaddle. Like I mean, come on. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue, though. You gotta admit, radical skedaddle. Yeah, I mean, it sort of rolls off the tongue, but it sounds like the kind of name. It sounds like what your computer would type up if your cat walked across your keyboard. You know what I mean? When Mahomes or Casey walks across your laptop, yeah, like whenever when it, they're not fighting each other. Right, or when or when you fall asleep doing homework or something on your keyboard, which as a college student, I'm not going to lie, has happened to me more than once. I don't blame you. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. That sounds all. like the kind of name that would come out of just falling asleep headfirst on your keyboard and you accidentally typed up a bunch of letters. Yeah. Might, might have topped out, or topped out, typed out a modern novel. But anyway... We're not talking about books here. We're talking about sports. We're supposed to stick to sports here on ESPN The Jock. And, of course, had a lot of them going on last night, including the tip-off of the NBA season, the 2021-2022 NBA season. Season officially tipped off in Milwaukee. Of course, the Bucks got their championship rings, hung their banner, their second ever in franchise history. And they won a nice game against the Brooklyn Nets by a nice score. Final score of 127 to 104. Giannis led the way with 32 points and 14 rebounds. Also collected seven assists, and I believe he also had two blocks. Uh, Kevin Durant in a losing effort. Excuse me, that's from the bang. In a losing effort, went 32 or had 32 points, collected 11 rebounds, and got four assists. But uh, Milwaukee with a nice win in their first game of the season. Then in the nightcap, the Golden State Warriors faced off against my LA Lakers. And in Los Angeles, the Lakers fall to the Warriors by a final score of 121-114. to 114. You know, Logan, when I woke up this morning, I played some pickup ball. I've kind of told you about this. Sometimes in the mornings at, at the community center, a couple guys will come in. We'll play some pickup. I did my best uh, Russell Westbrook impersonation this morning. Ooh. I went like 0 for 2, had a couple turnovers, got a few rebounds, dished out some nice assists. But, you know, I say that in regards to Westbrook's performance last night. Uh, before I get into that, good performances first off by Steph Curry getting his first triple-double since 2016. Thank you very much. 21 he, points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. Here's what I love about Steph Curry. What about him? He had his first triple-double in five years, right? <clears throat> and he said he played bad. And he said he played like crap. I love that. And uh, in terms of his shooting, yeah, he did not have a good day. He was 5 of 21 from the field. He was 2 of 8 from behind the arc. 
But he he was able to contribute in other ways. He had 10 rebounds, 10 assists. He had three steals. Um, and he made all nine of his free throws. So, you know, when you're struggling to do, and that's what makes, that's what shows you who the great players are, right? There's a lot of good players in the league. But the great ones are the guys that when they're struggling with one facet of their game, and in, in the case of Steph Curry, his shooting ability is the best facet of his game. Without a doubt. He struggled with that last night. Shot less than 25% from the field. He didn't let that deter him. He didn't let that bring his game down and take him out of his game. He found other ways to contribute, other ways to help his team win by finding his open teammates, by crashing the defensive and offensive glass when he needed to. And with three steals for a guy that is not known as a, you know, elite defender in the NBA, he did what he was able to do to help his team win. You got to love that. And, and I've, I've always been a guy, I've always been a huge proponent of Steph Curry and his legacy in the NBA. When a lot of people, of course, are against it and the, the, the ring chasing crap and all that stuff. And, oh, well, why'd you have to bring KD in and all that all that stupid stuff. I mean, he won. They, they won a title without him. He's the greatest yeah. shooter in the history of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. But he did what he had to do to help his team win last night. And that's, that is the... That, that, that's what you see out of great players in the NBA is when one thing's going wrong, they find other ways to help their team win, and that's exactly what Steph did. And, of course, for the Lakers side, you had two guys with 30-point double-doubles. LeBron James led the way in scoring and rebounding with 34 points and 11 rebounds. Anthony Davis, 33 points and 11 rebounds. And you can't win the game, mostly in part due to the fact that they couldn't get any contributions or little contributions from their quote-unquote Third superstar in Russell Westbrook. I like to call him Russell Brickbrook or oh my West, God. Russell Westbrook. Russell Did Westbrook. We thank you. Thank you. Yes. Eight points, five rebounds, four assists, four turnovers. Had the same amount of turnovers as he had assists, which is fantastic, of course. Shot four of 13 from the field. Laker fans, get used to this. Because I feel like we're going to see a lot of these box scores where AD and LeBron will go off, they'll do their thing, and somehow the Lakers will lose because they were dragged down by Mr. Triple-Double Man, Russell Westbrook. I know it's just one game, I know, and you told me beforehand, Frizz, you guys, Frizz, you gotta stop. You, it's one game, stop, stop. You gotta stop, just stop it, stop it. Get some help. No. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is a precursor of what's gonna go on in this NBA season for the Lakers. If they do not win a championship, it's solely based on the fact that Russell Westbrook could not get them to it. Period. You made that blockbuster trade to get him to get you to that championship level. The Lakers were a champion beforehand, I feel like. If they were healthy last season, I think they could have competed for at least the Western Conference Finals. But, of course, they got bounced in six by the Western Conference Final representative in the Phoenix Suns, who then lost to the Bucks in the championship. But... You bring in Westbrook, and you're supposed to be above these teams in the West. Yet, when he performs like that, are you really? Like, are you really going to be contending for titles if he plays like that? I don't think so. And I think that's what we're going to see here a lot. And I'm sure, with me saying this, his next game is going to drop like 30-10-10, like he usually does. He'll have one bad game, and all of a sudden he'll find whatever was wrong with him and figure it out. Unless he can get it consistently done, the Lakers are in trouble. 
Yeah, and, and and Russ did not have a good game. I agree with you. He was four for thirteen. He was zero of four from the three point from behind the arc, and didn't attempt a single free throw. And he didn't contribute in the ways that I said Steph did, right? With his lack of shooting ability in, in the game, he contributed in other ways. Russ didn't do that. He finished with five rebounds and four assists and four turnovers, no steals, no blocks, and thirty-five minutes played. Here is the bigger cog in this loss for the Lakers last night that I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about. The what the, the Warriors had 53 bench points last night. 53. They had three guys coming off the bench for the Warriors last night that finished with double figures. Uh Bialica had 15, uh uh Damian Lee had 15, Andre Iguodala had 12, and then you had Toscano Alex uh Anderson who had 6, Otto Porter had 5. They combined to score 53 bench points. The Lakers had 29. Melo scored 9 points in 26 minutes. Dwight Howard scored 5 in 13. Uh, Rajon Rondo had 3 points in 20 minutes off the bench. Now, he had 5 assists and 2 steals. So, you know, you'll take that a little bit. Avery Bradley had 6 points in only 8 minutes played. Maybe you should have played him a little bit more. I don't know. He only attempted 3 shots. All 3 of them from behind the arc, he hit 2 of them. Mm -hmm. So, that's... That's a pretty efficient performance, and Malik Monk had six points in 19 minutes played. So you're outscored by 24 points by your bench. You lose the game by seven. In my opinion, that is a bigger factor than than Russ only scoring eight. Now, was Russ not only scoring eight a big deal? Yes. Is it something to panic over? No. There's 81 games left. And the Warriors are a playoff team. They are. The Warriors are a playoff team with the roster they've got right now. If if Clay is able to come back at some point in this season, that makes them even better. Right? Jonathan Kuminga did not play last night. Who's the, the Warriors? I believe he went number seven. I think yeah, their he was first the, overall draft. He was their, choice, yeah. One of their two first round picks that they had, by the way. He went number seven overall. He didn't play. He's had some injury issues. Um, he's. It looks like he is going to be coming back at some point. He is working his way back to it. He's getting ready to play on-court drills and things like that. Right. But he's not healthy yet. So you've got Clay coming back at some point. You've already got Steph and Draymond there. You brought Andre Iguodala back. You know, they've got some good pieces. You still have Dr- Draymond. You've got Andrew Wiggins, who yeah, yeah, you never know. We'll see. We'll see what his shooting ability looks like, and if he, you know, finally decides that he's going to play some defense. Oh, and also James Wiseman didn't play. So you get Clay back. Kuminga comes in for his rookie year, who I think he can be a spectacular player in this league, especially as a defensive stalwart. He could come in as that number two coming off the bench behind Andrew Wiggins. You know, Wiggins is in there for his scoring ability, and then you put in Kuminga, who's more of a def- defense-first guy right now. He reminds me a lot of what Kawhi was like early in his career. Mm. Before Kawhi became a great scorer, he was drafted into this league in the lottery as a great defender. And that's what Kuminga reminds me a lot of. He's, he's long, he's got big hands, he can move, he's got lateral quickness, his ability to defend is very similar to what Kawhi was like when he first got brought into the league. But Kuminga's taller. Kuminga can play the four, too. 
He's six foot eight, six foot seven, and, and Kawhi's about six six. So I, I like that for Kuminga. And then you also have Moses Moody for the Warriors, who he only played six minutes in his NBA debut. He scored two points, only attempted three shots. But there is a lot to be excited about if you're the Warriors. This is a good Warriors team, okay? And the scary thing is that they beat the, the Lakers last night by seven in Los Angeles, and the Warriors are nowhere near full strength. No Which just Kuminga. makes the loss even better for me. Yeah, no Kuminga, no James Wiseman, no um, no Clay Thompson yet. You know, that is, that's a scary proposition for a lot of teams. And that's what's so scary about this, this Warriors team, and I don't think people are talking about it enough. This is a Warriors team that can contend for a title this year and already has pieces in place to be very good in the future. Moses Moody, who is a volume shooter. Jonathan Kuminga, who I believe can become a great two-way player in this league. And James Wiseman, who is one of the better young centers in the NBA. And you still have Steph, Draymond, and Clay. Scary, scary proposition. So that's... I think it's, this game says more about the Warriors and where they can go versus the Lakers right now. Because Russ, you know, it's his first game with a new franchise. You know, it's sort of like, and, and I don't know, did you ever go to like a different school, right? Where Did you? Did your parents ever Actually, move? no. I've, I did never, I've I didn't never moved. Either. Yeah. So I would imagine that, you know, like your first game with a new team it's sort of like your first day at a new school. Sure. You know, like when you're a kid. It's tough. And yeah, they had mini camp and they had all that stuff, right? A couple weeks ago. Nothing of can simulate before. like in game action. Right. Nothing can. And so I'm not I'm not putting a lot of stock into what 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 the deal was with Russ last night. I think, you know, Russ, LeBron, Anthony Davis, you know, Carmelo, Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, DeAndre Jordan. You know, there's a lot of guys on this roster. Now, yes, Mello, Hart, uh, ha- Dwight Howard, Rondo, those guys aren't what they once were. But it, it, it's nothing to really panic about, I don't think yet, right? No. These are a bunch of guys that at one point or another, and in the case of AD, LeBron, and Russ, are still at the top of this league. But DeAndre Jordan, Mello, Dwight Howard, Rondo, these guys at one point or another were all-star caliber players at the height of the NBA. You know, Dwight Howard's a Hall of Famer in this league. Carmelo Anthony is a Hall of Famer in this league. Are these are they what they used to be? No. But there is a little bit of that dynamic there. Russ has never been on a team with this much talent. And that's not taking away those Thunder teams that had Kevin Durant and, and James Harden. James Harden wasn't quite at the level that we saw in Houston, in Brooklyn, when he was with the Thunder. Right. Kevin Durant, yeah. KD was that dude as a rookie, okay? Kevin Durant is that dude. But this dynamic, what we're seeing, and the fact that you've got Hall of Famers coming off the bench, you know, and, and Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard and, and even Rajon Rondo to a certain extent. You've got a great young player in Malik Monk. Okay, this is a deep team for the Lakers. It is. So just give it some time. Be patient. Let these guys gel. Team chemistry is something that I believe doesn't get discussed enough in professional sports. It is a big deal. 
team chemistry is a big deal. It doesn't get talked about a lot at the college level because there's just too much friggin' turnover. Right. But in the NBA and in professional sports in general, team chemistry can be very, very important. And with a locker room like this, with a lot of guys who even if they aren't what they what they once were, right? Carmelo and Dwight Howard, those they aren't the players that they once were. That ego is still there. Yeah. You know, there's there is a lot of Hall of Fame caliber in that locker room. Is the talent there for some of those guys? No, it's not what it once was. But the ego can still be there a little bit. So it, it's a tough dynamic that these guys are going to have to take some time to mesh together, to mold into something that can be a championship contender. So don't panic yet if you're a Lakers fan. Do not panic, Frizz. It's going to be okay. I'm not panicking about the Lakers in general. I'm just panicking about Westbrook. But either way, I digress. Uh, any comments on the Bucks nets game? Uh, of course, the Bucks winning at 127-104. Like I said, in the onset, uh, Giannis with 32 points, 14 rebounds, and 7 assists. Collected a steal and also had 2 blocks. Kevin Durant, in a losing effort, had 32 points and 11 boards. Uh, also, for Milwaukee in double-digit scoring, he had 2 guys with 20 points. Uh, Chris Middleton... Of course, starting, had 20 points and 9 rebounds. And off the bench, Pat Connaughton had 20 points and 3 rebounds. And uh, a good win for the Bucks as they raised their second championship uh, banner at, uh, was it the Fiserv form now in Milwaukee? I think that's how you pronounce I it. I think Pfizer, yeah. Or whatever Fiserv, I'm pretty sure. It's like F-I-S-E-R-V or something like that. Something. Oh, something something of that nature, is. yeah. In Milwaukee, let's just say that. <laughs> raised their banner uh, in yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, the Fiserv Forum. Fiserv, okay, I was right. Fiserv Forum, yeah. That's the one. Uh, Pat Connaughton can fill it up. That's first and foremost. Pat Connaughton is a dude that can just flat out score the basketball. And he's he's one of those guys that, you know, you just tell him to do something and he's going to do it. You know, he's sort of a junkyard dog type guy. I mean, it's, it felt like last year in the postseason, like every other game, this dude had to leave to get stitched up or fix a bloody nose or something. This guy was always getting just absolutely manhandled. And he held his ground. And he did his thing and he helped his team win a championship. And... It's getting really scary when it comes to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Really scary. Because I don't know if you watched any of the preseason. He was taking pull-up jumpers, my step man's, backs. My yeah. man's learning how to shoot the basketball now. Okay? If Giannis can become a guy that can shoot 50% from, from the field, 33 to 35% from the three-point line, and make 80% of his free throws, it's over. I think he can do two of those three things. I don't think he'll shoot 80% from the free throw line. He shot 7 of 9 last night. Yeah, but I don't think he'll sustain that. I think he'll shoot in like maybe the like low to mid 70s range, but Even the low to mid 70s is scary. Oh, I, I didn't like I wasn't saying it wasn't bad. I'm just saying I don't think he'll be in the 80s. And with with everything with the matchup nightmare that that guy is already, you yeah. know, at times you were able to slow him down because you would just sit in the paint and be like, "Okay, Giannis, if you want to shoot the ball, shoot it." Well, if he learn, if he if he can morph that right, if he can mold that ability within him, his game already, an ability to shoot the ball, where uh, not at a level that's like elite or anything, right? I'm not talking he's able to shoot like Steph or to Kevin where it Durant. plays, to where yeah, it plays, yeah. to where you have to respect his ability to shoot the basketball, where you have got to play up, you know, you've got to get a hand in his face at least, or at least a hard closeout. Then he's going to be able to use his handling ability at six foot freaking eleven to get by you, to get into the paint, 
to generate, you know, to generate fouls to get to the free throw line. It's going to make it that much harder. And this is a guy, you know, he can already fill it up. You know, he's already a 25, 8, and, uh, 10, and 7 guy. You know, like he was last night. He had 32 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists. Not to mention the guy has won a Defensive Player of the Year award. It, it's a scary thing to think about. If he can learn to shoot the basketball at any consistent level. You know, we talk about what would Ben Simmons look like if he could shoot. Why don't we talk about what Giannis could look like if he could shoot? Because it looks like he's learning how to shoot the basketball. I mean, he shot 30% from the three-point line last year. If he can improve that number to 33 35%, it's going to get real ugly for the NBA. It's going to get real ugly. This Bucks team looks like they're not. there's no steps back for them. And they brought in Grayson Allen, <laughs> who was another guy that he didn't shoot the ball particularly well last night. He was 3 for 10. He's a guy that can shoot 40% from the three-point line. And if you have that... He can also get teed up in 40% of the games he plays, but yeah, go I ahead. I mean, yeah, but there's a lot of guys that do that. Yeah, well... Dr- Draymond has been suspended for too many techs. That's Dwight true. Howard the same way. I mean, there, there's guys in the league that are like that. And at, at certain points, you need guys like that that aren't afraid to back down. You know, they're going to wear their emotions on their sleeve. Now, when it when it comes a point where it starts to affect the team, right, then, then you have an issue there. Sure. You know, uh, it never affected the Bulls when Rodman was getting, when, when Rodman was the way he was, you know, getting teed up, getting suspended, stuff like that. You know, it doesn't affect the Warriors when Draymond does what he does. But there are times where it can negatively affect a team. A la Ron Artest, a la Steven Jackson, a la, you know, Rasheed, or not Rasheed Wallace, Jermaine O'Neal, even Rasheed and Ben Wallace. You know, I think the Pistons should have won more titles than just that one. So it's something that it'll, it's a dynamic that can become difficult, but... Grayson Allen is a guy that he can shoot the basketball. He does he does what he needs to do, and he's a good defender. Grayson Allen's de- defense doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think. He had two steals last night. He can be a good perimeter defender, and I think you pair him along with Drew Holiday, um, that could be a pretty interesting thing. And and Drew Holiday didn't play much last night. I don't I don't recall why. I, I don't know if he was hurt. He might have gotten hurt. I I would imagine he only played 18 minutes. He did Had not have a foul. Yeah. Yeah. So I would think I don't rem- I, I I watched most of the game. I don't remember what happened with Drew Holiday off the top of my head. Maybe I just wasn't maybe I wasn't looking at that point. Paying attention, was, yeah. Maybe I was, you know, cooking. See, I was elsewhere bes- or whatever. I was but. elsewhere besides in front of a TV screen last night, so I'm uh, just kind of giving yeah, my stats off. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bruised right heel. Ooh. So he left he left the game early, but even in 18 minutes he played, he scored 12 points. Um he had one steal, he only had one assist. He had one rebound, but he's not really there to to dish out a ton of assists or to rebound or do any of those things. He's, he's there, to score and play defense. Yeah, he's there to be a, a a great perimeter defender. He's there to lock up the other team's point guard. Russ had eight or points. Or their best guard, night. yeah. I feel like for the most part in those 18 minutes, Drew Holiday did his job. So this is a this is a Bucks team that I think is still gonna be a favorite. You know, one of those teams with top five odds to win an NBA title this year. And I don't think it, it should be any other way. So while we're talking about the NBA season just starting up, the MLB season is now starting to wind down. We're in the championship series now. 
And both leagues were in action with games last night in their championship series. First up, in Los Angeles, you had the Braves and the Dodgers. And to be quite honest with you, the Braves should be up 3-0 in this series, but they choked because, you know, that's a pretty common theme for Atlanta sports. Uh, they lose it by a final score of 6-5 to, to Los Angeles. Had a 5-2 lead heading up to the bottom of the eighth inning in which Luke Jackson and company gives up four runs to the Dodgers. Spearheaded by a home run by Cody Bellinger, a three-run shot that then tied the game, and then Mookie Betts uh, drove in what would be the game-winning run. And, you know, I guess now it's somewhat of a series. It's now 2-1 to one in favor of Atlanta, but, man, Atlanta's America's team right now. No one wants to see the Do- except for Californians. No one wants to see the Dodgers in the World Series. Come on, Atlanta. They have a chance for redemption, though. They're back at it tonight in Los Angeles. First pitch set for... 7.08 p.m., and like I said, the Braves with that series two games to one. That game can be found on TBS, and starters have yet to be announced in that game. Otherwise, or other other places, excuse me, you had the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros. Sorry, Logan, in advance. Yeah, it did go up. Uh, yeah, well, it was a good game. It really was. Both teams scored in the first inning. Houston put up a run in the first. Boston put up two in their half of the first. Score stayed that way, 2-1, to one, all the way up until the 8th inning. Then the score was tied at 2-2 two to two after the Astros got a single run in the 8th. And then out of nowhere, either the Astros' offense woke up, they took a person like you kind of said with Correa last night, or the pitching went to sleep and decided to pack it up and get ready for Game 5 because they, the Boston Red Sox, fell apart in the ninth. Seven runs given up in that top of the ninth. Four of them from what would be the loser in that game, Nathan Eovaldi. And now, we've got a best of three series. Now, the best of seven has now become the best of three in the American League as the Astros win it last night by a final score of 9-2. to two, And now the series is all tied up at 2-2. Two to two. Yeah, and uh, I want to talk about Braves-Dodgers first. Um, Cody Bellinger is doing as good a job as he can of making people forget how poorly he played in the regular season. Oh, dude. It was atrocious. Yeah, he played in 95 games during this season and batted 165 with 36 RBIs. He's got six RBIs in nine postseason games. He's got seven hits. He's batting 292 with a 393 on base percentage. And it just seems like he's getting big hits and he's driving in runs in big moments. You know, he hit the when he hit the three run the three run shot to to send this game, you know, that game, that tied it up. It was 5-2. to two. It looked like the Dodgers were on the ropes in this one, going to go down 3-0, which, you know, unless you're the 0-4 Boston Red Sox, you're not going to come back from that. Belly hits a three-run bomb to right center. 400 feet to score Smith and Pollock. And then Mookie does what Mookie does and, you know, scores Taylor on a double to right center. Did what he had to do. So, uh, uh, good for Cody Bellinger. You know, he struggled during this season. I I felt like, yeah, he had a bad year, but Cody Bellinger is still a great player in this league. People forget he was an MVP two years ago. Right. And and, and maybe they don't forget. It's just that they don't want to remember that sort of thing. I mean, yeah, you think about 2019, he had 47 home runs, 115 RBIs, and batted 305. That's absurd. And he won the MVP. So this season, he struggled. Yeah, he had injury issues and other things that, that sort of played a role in that too. I mean, people, 
need to understand how much injuries can affect the psyche of a player at any point. So the fact that he's been able to sort of turn it on and play much better this postseason, I think is just a testament to his character and his ability as a player. Yeah. You just, Nate, want, to, you just want to glance over the Boston game, or do you want to... Nate Eovaldi and Martin Perez absolutely sold on your boy. Sold on the Red Sox last night. Sold the franchise It's <laughs> last it, night. It, it's tough. You know, they. it felt like the, the, the Red Sox bats, aside from Xander Bogarts, were just not there. You know, uh, Hernandez went one for five, which is nuts because the guy's still batting 500 this postseason. Uh, Schwarber went 0 for 4. Verdugo went 0 for 3. J.D. Martinez went 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. <laughs> but that's J.D. That's J.D. You know, that's J.D. Martinez. He's he'll a power runs and strikes out. Yeah, yeah, he's a power bat. Hunter Renfro went 0 for 2. He walked twice. Christian Vasquez, 0 for 3. Christian Arroyo went 0, 1 for 3. So, you, you know, you only had five hits. You scored two runs. You probably deserved a loss based on what the Royal the, the Red Sox bats were able to do. But I feel bad for my boy Nick Pavetta because he did his job. Five innings pitched, two hits, one earned run, two walks, three strikeouts. He did As a his game job. four starter, yeah. yeah. He did his job. Taylor comes in, pitches two-thirds of an inning, allows one hit. Uh, Odovino goes in, finishes out that inning with that last third. And then, and then Whitlock comes in and pitches two full innings, gives up one earned run. Yes, he gave up the tying run. But he pitched two full innings and, and, and did his job enough. Right. You know? And then and then Eovaldi comes in, who as a starter to come in in relief can be a difficult transition. And he got shelled. He gave up four runs in two-thirds of an inning. And then Martin Perez comes in and gives up two runs in a third of an inning. That's tough. And it, I mean... Jose Altuve hits a hits a bomb, 400-foot uh, solo shot to tie it up in the eighth inning. And then Castro hits a two-RBI single. Chasing uh, Castro. Yeah, Michael <laughs> Brantley hits a three-RBI double. Uh, Alvarez hits a single to score Brantley. And then Correa hits an infield single to score Bregman on a throwing error <laughs> by Martin Perez. So he didn't pitch particularly well. He didn't field particularly well. He missed PFP practice. That's a double whammy. And then Tucker hits a single that scored uh, Alvarez and moved Correa to second. It just, everything just sort of went from bad to worse in those last two innings in terms of the Red Sox pitching. Just, you know, sort of makes me wish we still had Craig Kimbrell as the closer. (laughs) That's saying a lot because Kimbrell did not look that convincing as a closer. Well, the Red Sox. I mean, yeah, he did his job, but I mean, whenever he did come in, just like he usually does with whoever team he's with now, whether it's, you know, Chicago, either White Sox or Cubs, the Red Sox, or even uh, back whenever he was with the Atlanta Braves, you kind of thought, oh, no, he comes. He's He was kind of like Alex Reyes, but I mean, at least Alex Reyes can, you know, get out. I mean, or, had, I mean, Craig Kimbrell at the time can get his out. Second, his second year in Boston, he had 67 games that he appeared in, struck out 126 was that 2018? 2017. It had a 1. Okay. 1. 1.43 ERA. See, I was talking about 2018. 2018, he still had a 2.74 ERA. Right, but he, didn't, he looked a little bit shaky in that postseason, but it doesn't matter because they won the World Series. Right. Game four. I about said, I about said four. Now, in Chicago, he was not good. No, no, he was not. 
With the White Sox, he was not good. But anyway, game five of that series is actually today. First pitch set for 4.08. Framber Valdez will go for the Astros. Chris Sale will look to get on the right track and pitch for the Red Sox in the ever-so-pivotal game five, which is now, like I said, a best-of-three series in the best-of-seven series. The series itself, if I say series one more time, I'm going to run through the door. Now you're saying it's a series of series. It's a series of series. Series, 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 series. Yeah, <laughs> some Inception BS. All right, I think we've rambled on enough for the sports, but of course, it is Wednesday. You know, oh, day. True. That means it's time for another segment of Would You Rather Wednesday here on the Rookie Sports Report podcast. You know, usually we're about at the hour mark before we get to this, but hey, we're kind of we're speeding it up here. We're you know, we got the bang in our system, or at least I do. We're kind of speeding up the process here, speeding up the pace, picking up the pace, and we're doing that here on this Wednesday. But my question for you, Logan, and this comes from the fact that I had Waffle House yesterday. Got I had breakfast for dinner. Yeah, I said that right. Yeah. Yeah, I had breakfast for dinner at around 8 o'clock at Waffle House after a mm. nice night of bowling. Gotta love Waffle House. Which begs me the question, what breakfast food would you rather have? Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Pancakes. And that's not that's not a you know, No, there's no It's not a rag against waffles because I love me some waffles, all right? But I'm just I, I like pancakes. Oh man. And here's 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 what how I differentiate. The way that the you know, and of course they're, you know, they have a little bit different consistency. That's not the issue. They taste pretty similar. Yeah. Right. What I love about pancakes is when I throw the butter and the syrup on it. The way that the pancakes are designed, you know, they're, they're they're sort of fluffy in that way. Yeah, they're not as crispy as waffles are. It sort of, you know, the 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 syrup and the butter can seep into the pancake a little bit more. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, it can also spread throughout right. the pancake. And, it's and it's not like rigid like a waffle is. Yeah, the waffle you gotta you, you gotta go in there and you have to like use, you gotta fill every yeah square. every single square and it seems like you use more syrup for a waffle than you do for a pancake and it just I like that you can, it sort of just like seeps in, you know, it like gets, mm. Mm. I I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah. It, it, the syrup can just sort of like dampen the pancake and it just. You put anything else on your pancake? Like chocolate chips or some peanut butter? Yeah, or, occasionally. Yeah. I, I'd like to put chocolate chips on mine though. I've heard a lot of people like to put peanut butter on their pancakes and I'm not sure if I'm a fan yeah, of that or not. I've seen, I've seen people do peanut butter. Well, what I like to do is when I, when I make pancakes, you know. Uh, you throw in some, like, I, I'm a big fan of, like, blueberries. I love blueberries. Mm. Blueberry pie is my absolute favorite. So I, I sometimes, you know, make the blueberry pancakes, but I don't really want to spend $5 for blueberries because they're freaking expensive. Yeah, especially so, now in yeah, the fall. Yeah, throw some cinnamon. Put some Ooh. cinnamon in with my pancake batter. Never ha- never thought that of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like fruit in my, like, pastries, though, so I just have, like, a, I'd have a regular pancake, throw a little bit of peanut butter on it, Little bit of chocolate chips, some like assorted chocolate chips. Right. Smack that baby with some syrup and mmm. Mwah. With a chef's kiss. Yeah, I love pancakes. Love them, love them both, but I would definitely. Oh, I love go. them both too as well, but I'm going to go with pancakes. I and would definitely it's have It's also to go easier to eat because, like, with a waffle, I feel like you have to kind of have to, like, dig at it with your fork. It's true. For just a pancake, you just have to, like, slice it once, pick it up with your fork. Yeah, it's, it's a smooth process. It's a know? smooth process. I don't, like, whenever you're hungry, I don't want to have to work for my food, okay? I sure. just, I had just. I had just dominated in bowling with my friends. I want to enjoy my victory meal and not have to dig out this waffle that I had with 
my right arm, who just bowled strike after strike after strike, <laughs> and I'm being facetious, of course. I was terrible at bowling last night. But anyway, that's besides the point. Is, is anybody other than, like, guys that are in, like... Bowling leagues, Yeah, good. the PBA. Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, PB- PBA. Dude, you, uh, okay. Bowling Association. I know I'm getting off the beam path here, but I used to be, like, in one of those leagues when I was younger, and I was actually not half bad. The way I bowled was uh, untraditional, to say the least. I would bowl it similar to how people do it in, like, the Wii Sports wherever I would go to the farthest of the right of the lane and diagonally throw it towards the pin because I didn't know how to spin it. And it worked. Excuse me. It worked from time to time. But last night, dude, man, did it not work. I, I wasn't getting any spin on the ball. It was it was going just straight, so I kept hitting just the right side of the pins and never the middle. Ugh. It was bad. Very bad. All right. Besides the point, Logan, what do you got here for this? Would you rather... Wednesday. It was a lot of hand motions. I know, Charlie DeMello over here, yeah. <laughs> Making a TikTok dance. Uh, <laughs> so, my question for you, and, and I find it very interesting. Would you rather be able to travel the world for free, or would you rather be able to explore space? Hmm. Space scares me. 100%. Yeah, I... You know, I was actually listening back to one of our podcasts, and I asked you this question, uh, or no, you asked me the question of like, would you rather have a hotel in space or a hotel underwater? And you were just like, water makes me way less different than space. Why are we even going to space? Exactly. <laughs> that was my. That was what I was going to say about this. Yeah, you know, actually, let me see if I can actually pull this up here real quickly. I know we're getting kind of off the beaten path here, but uh, oh no, it's been deleted. Dang it. Or maybe not. Well, let me see here. I know we're kind of being off topic here, but I made like a promo that of course hasn't been released yet. I haven't figured out like the full details of it, but here it is. Playing here in Adobe Audition, which is just a great editing hey, platform. Hey sports fans, listen up. If you want to listen to local and national sports news and takes with a young and new energetic voice, then tune in to the Rookie Sports Report podcast with Logan Weber and myself, Matthew Purcell. We of course talk sports, talk to me from fourth place Cubs fans, and a little bit of whatever. And water makes me way less nervous than space though. Mm-hmm. Why are we even going to space? <laughs> We're of course presented by ESPN The Jock. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, see, that's not a bad promo, I think, but... That's great. I love that. But it's over 30 seconds. I have to, like... I don't know what I have to do. I'm going to have to, like, cut out one of my, like, audio clips or whatever, but... Because, like, obviously in radio, like, it's either 30 seconds or a minute. There's nothing shorter or in between. Well, and theoretically, what you could do... You mentioned, like, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Just cut that out and just say, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. And then just cut off there. Yeah, I yeah, should, just, I should just, do this. You know, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. That's, that's, that's a pretty broad statement. Yeah. Everybody knows what that means. Just roll with that. Right. But I love that. I love that. Talk to me from fourth place, Cubs <laughs> fans. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I, I had to throw that in there. But anyway, yeah. Back to your question. You know, I would rather travel the world for free. I love travel. I really do. I I want to see the ends of the earth. I want to see, you know, Europe, Asia, uh, you know, Africa, Australia. I know I'm just naming continents left, right, and center here. But there's so much history with all the land that's here that I am really interested into, especially war history. Like, I would love yes. to go to Japan. I'd love to go to Europe uh, and see all that. So, and like you said, I'm with you on space. Like, whenever my mind can't comprehend the total grasp of it, it becomes scary. Like, death is scary to me. Space is scary to me because it's, it's just endless. 
Like, we don't know, like, if there's an end to it. There probably isn't. It's just infinity. It's just infinite. So, to your question, Logan, I would rather travel the world for no charge whatsoever than go up into space and see, like, what's up there. I, whew, I would love to travel the world and just not be... I'll travel anywhere but to space. I'll say that much. Bingo. Yeah, there's... Uh, I've never understood the dynamic of space travel. You know, I mean, like, I guess I got it in the 60s because, like, the Russians wanted to go, and the U.S. and Russia have... The race to space, yeah. Yeah, sort of always had their issues in, like, the Cold War and all that crap. So, you know, I understand, you know, the the need to do it then because, like, oh, well, what what are the Russians doing going to space? Well, if they're going to space, we should go to space. We need to be better than them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was, was a, you know... Scary time. Yeah, it was, you know, my bleep is longer than your bleep sort of thing. Yeah. It was yeah. Fair enough. It was a very massive My stick is longer than yours. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, speak speak softly but carry a big stick. A yeah. la Teddy Roosevelt, but um it was more of a stick measuring contest than anything else. <laughs> um so I I but aside from that, you know, I don't really understand, you know, we've got issues here. You know, there's so much here that like uh, I don't I don't remember what the exact percentage was like 20 like only twenty percent of the of the Earth's oceans have been explored, or something crazy like that. It's insane. And we've been and we've talked. And about we that have before. the technology to do so. We can probably go down deep yeah. into space. Yeah, but let's let's shoot the CEO of freaking Amazon into space. Sure, that makes sense. Why? We're just wasting money. Why? And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, you know, you and I both have that in common. Huge history buffs. I've and I've been talking with with my fiance about that recently about some of the trips that I want to take at some point in our lives. You know, I want to go to England because I don't feel like a lot of people understand England is not a very big place. No, it's an island. Right. England. I mean, I I looked this up the other day when when her and I were talking about it. The square mileage of the state of Missouri is sixty nine thousand square miles. England in square miles. Is like. 50,000. So the state of Missouri is bigger than the whole of England, an entire country. So, and and like for me, right, we live down here in southwest Missouri at Springfield. Mm -hmm. My parents live up in northwest Missouri. So I can drive the entire state north to south in three and a half to four hours. Makes you think. So, you know, and getting from the south of England, like down by London, and then going up to the northern part of England, in like Leeds and things like that, you know, it's it's not a very it's not a very long trek, you know. So you could theoretically take a week and go to England and see, you know, the southern part and down by London and, and all that stuff, and then you can go north and you can see everything north. It's 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 a very interesting dynamic with that so I'd love to go to England and I'd love to see those sorts of things you know I want to I, I want to take a, a boat ride along the Thames you know and and see some of those things see some of the World War One um yes. member, you know yes. uh, the history behind that because a lot of people don't realize that just the sheer amount of bombing that took place in England in World War One and World War Two um see where the where, where the troops took off on their boats from England to get to to Normandy for D-Day. You know, go see Normandy, travel along France, see Paris, you know, all that sort of stuff. You know, I I've I talked with 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 Maggie about this yesterday, I wanna say. 
that or two days ago because we went uh so two days ago Monday we decided to make a day out of just you know us it's her birthday week we decided to just go make a day for ourselves sort of thing oh yeah and so we went back to Wilson's Creek the Civil War battlefield north south of town here in Republic uh, over by Republic <sighs> yeah and because we we went maybe last November and we saw like a quarter of it you know we went at like four o'clock it got dark at seven. And so we saw, like, the first two or three, like, stops along the thing. And there's, like, eight. Yeah. So we went back, and we saw the rest of it. And so we were talking about, like, some of the places that I wanted to go. Because she's not too keen on the idea of traveling overseas and that sort of thing. And I love the idea of it. And I would love at some point, as difficult as it is, and this is something that her and I said, like, this is something, a trip that we would have to take maybe before we had kids or maybe when our kids are are, are adults. Uh, I I want to go see like Auschwitz because I feel like it's important for people to go and know what happened. Yeah, there. to go to go see those sorts of things. You know, like I've been to I've been to the Flight 93 Memorial, and the, you don't those places and you can read about it, you can watch the documentaries, you can do all those things, but once you are there and you can, I mean, it's just an aura, it's just a feeling that you have when you're in places like that. That makes you realize that something truly horrific happened here. Something truly terrible happened here. Where we sit right now, where we and stand it, right it, now. And yeah. it makes it makes you understand that what happened here, regardless of, you know, you understand, you know, we're sitting here talking about it. You know, like I understand that 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 what happened in 9-11 in Flight 93 is a horrific thing. Right. But to truly hammer that point home and make you very, very cognizant of the fact that something like that should never happen again. That's what you get when you are in a location like that. And like, I I would love to go to New York City at some point. My mom has yes. been there and my mom has been to. Same with, yeah, my mom and her, my, mom uh, my sister been, have been there. Yeah, has been to the Twin Towers Memorial. And she said it's the most eerie feeling. She said that when you get within half a mile of the memorial. You can just kind of feel your it's, body. Yeah. It's silent. Purely silent. Nobody on the street is talking. The cars are silent. You know, all you hear is just cars passing by. There's no honking. There's no yelling. There's no, like, you know, billboards, music playing, nothing. It's silent. And it, she said it's just the most eerie feeling. And that was sort of what it was like at Flight 93. And, you know, when we were there, there was um, there was a family of of one of the one of the people that that passed on flight 93 and they were there wow they were there and they walked down cuz they it's, the whole thing is sort of fenced in right they have like the big memorial and all, and all the hi- the history behind it and all that sort of stuff yeah but the actual like location of where the plane went down you can see it but it's fenced off and it's about 200 yards down a hill to to actually get to it and so there's this little it, it's completely fenced off but there's like a gate that only authorized personnel and like family members and so they, they, we were standing there, and we were looking at it, and they opened the gate, and a family uh, of one of the one of the people that perished walked down there, and they left a wreath and that sort of thing. And it just, it sort of gives you, it, it helps you understand truly in the realest sense of what that is like. And so to be able to travel the world and get to experience those things across the world, you know, at all levels, to be able to to go and see Auschwitz, to be able to visit Stalingrad and understand the battle that took place there, 
um, to be able to stand on the beaches of Normandy. I mean, like, my goodness. Man. To be able to do that, I, I would I would thoroughly enjoy. And to hell with going to space. <laughs> yeah. No it, chance. It'd give you a certain kind of feeling that you don't want to feel. And uh, it, it gives I, you a it gives you a sense of like life is a very finite thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it really, you know, it's something that, and I'm sure you heard it a lot when you were a kid too. Our our our, our teachers when I was a kid would always have, write the treat other people how you want to be treated. The golden rule, yeah. Right, and it always gets sort of hammered into your head as a kid. And then at a certain point, that that sort of, you know. It goes away as an adult. Yeah, it, 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 not even as an adult, you know. Freaking middle school, that goes away and you start. <laughs> it, it, bullying becomes a real thing and stuff like that. You get to places like that and you, you, you really, it really comes to you that e- evil can be a Evil is such a just devilish thing. I don't even know how else to describe it. You know, evil and and, and just being be, not treating people the way you want to be treated is something that can truly ruin the lives of so many people. Say, love is the most powerful four letter word. The next one right to it is hate. Right, and, and, so. and so. To be able to to go to to go to Auschwitz and really understand just just how evil that was, to be able to you know maybe visit Egypt and Cairo and understand you know just just how evil the 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 persecution of 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 Jews was at, 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 down there at that point in, in in Egypt and and that sort of thing. And there's places here in the United States where you can really learn to understand that. You know, I when we were in Washington D.C. when I was a senior in high school, we visited the the National Holocaust Museum, and that was that was hard to have to deal with. We we went to the National Civil Rights Museum, and that was really hard. That was so, that was hard because it's a scenario in which you know maybe we're we're I mean, not even maybe we still are dealing with some of those re, those, those repercussions. Not to the extent of it was in the '60s, right. but yes, we're still dealing there, with it. There's still some of those issues that are ongoing. And to to look at those things and see see images and, and stories and read about some of these things that were happening that were, you know, 50, 60 years ago. Not that long ago. It also makes you want to, like, travel back in time. And, like, because, of course, now all we have is, like you said, the museums or the places that, you know, have have persevered, that have been preserved, I should say. That's all you have left for those who weren't there. Right. To know to, to feel what we're seeing at a museum. Oh, yeah. It's the only reason I want a time machine. Yeah. The only reason I want somebody to build a time machine is so that we can, like, send historians back in time. You know, like, I want to send a historian back in time to to Ford's Theater to truly understand what happened. You know how many events I would go to, like, historical events I'd go to if I was a time traveler? Oh, yeah. I'm going to Ford's Theater I'm going to Dealey Plaza. On I'm going. To, I'm going to Pearl Harbor. I'm going to you know. You know, and that's the just, memor- yeah, the nine or the Twin Towers. You know, yeah. maybe not put myself in danger. Maybe I'll bring like a video camera and an iPad or something. Be be like be very safely like away from. Yeah, just uh, like have it there to. Yeah. And that's you know some of those things. It's crazy to me to think about like they talk about civil war battles and and revolutionary war battles. Like 
there they would be fighting, you know, ten thousand people combined between you know the 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 British and the and the and the the revolutionary continental soldiers, yeah, yeah, or the, the you know the unions versus the Confederates, and there would be people like sitting on hillsides. Watching it like, happen. Yeah, watching it happen. They would, you know, put their blanket out and have a picnic watching this Civil War battle commence. Like, that's wild to me that things like that well, occur. more times than not, it was in people's, you know, cornfield. It was in people's farmland yeah, or whatever. That's, I mean, that's... That's what it was in Wilson's Creek. Right. And that's, you know, walking by and, like, seeing the Ray Farm. And you're like... You look across the, you know... And you, people are killing each other right yeah, in front you of you. you look 500 yards down this hill and you're like, there were a thousand people that fought right there. And, I mean, you walk by some of these things, and there was a, uh, towards the end uh, of where it happened, of course, they had, like, a little marker where um, General Sterling Price, who was the first general of the Civil War to be killed in battle. Wrong. Lion. General Lyon. General Lyon. Lyon. My, my fault. My, my, Price was Price was the on the other side. He was the Confederate. Price was yeah, the yeah, Confederate. Yeah, yeah. Nathaniel Lyon. Lyon. Yeah. General Nathaniel Lyon. Yeah. Yes, sir. He was, the, he was the first general to die during the Civil War, which, of course, I didn't understand. I, I didn't realize until the end— you know, I knew it was the first battle fought west of the Mississippi before even going. What I didn't realize was it was the second battle fought in the Civil War in the whole thing. I did not know that either. The I- second Civil War battle that ever took place was at Wilson's Creek here in Springfield. That I mean, that was a pretty wild dynamic. But they had, you know, they had like the marker where, where General Lyon was, was shot and killed. And they had, um, there was a little sinkhole around that area that was a mass grave. Where they think uh, twenty up to thirty Union soldiers were just like quickly buried as they were retreating back into Springfield. I mean, things like that 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 just really make you put into perspective what what can truly happen, and maybe help you understand that yes, this country isn't where it needs to be, but it it, it has been worse before. Right. It it has certainly been worse before, and that doesn't mean that we need to just rest on our laurels. And, and things need to remain the same. You know, we need to continue to improve, continue to get better. Because, you know, when when you're when you're satisfied with where you're at, that's when you fail. So I, I'm not saying that, that things need to stop progressing, but it, it can be a lot worse and it has been a lot worse. And just to be thankful that we're not in that place anymore. Yep. Amen. And that, got, that you, got really serious really fast. I felt. Like. I, I'm fine with it. It's our own, it's our podcast. Dude. We can do what we want with it. That's true. But still, travel the world instead of going to bleep space. space. Yeah, bleep <laughs> space. Bleep space. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And you kind of talked about it. You're like, yeah, I love the idea of travel. I like the idea to, of it too. Financially, I hate it. But anyway, true. <laughs> that's true. besides the point. We've exhausted our time here on this Wednesday edition. It's been a good one, of course. There hasn't really been a bad one ever. We of course talked the NBA season starting. We talked about major league postseason play. Of course, both championship series matches will be back in action tonight. You got the Dodgers and the Braves at four o'clock, and then the Astros and Red Sox at seven o'clock. And then of course we did some Would You Rather Wednesday involving pancakes, waffles, and traveling the world. It's been a good one, as always. Logan, always appreciate it, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Maybe not because we're hosting sports talk. Yeah, I would. I would imagine we'll probably not do the podcast tomorrow, but we will be on sports talk four to six. So filling in be... for the legendary Art Haynes and the somewhat less legendary Wyatt Wheeler, <laughs> and uh, then maybe we'll be back on Friday. But who knows? But anyway, what we do know 
is that we're out of time here for this Wednesday edition. For Matthew Rizal and Logan Weber. Hey, don't let anyone tell you the odds. And we'll talk to you guys later. I have nothing to say today. <laughs>